You're listening to Rock's Heart Radio. In this episode, Roxana Mehran hosts a roundtable with editors. What are journals looking for? Robert Bono and Sunil Rao weigh in. We have a, a wonderful show for you today with a focus on what do journal editors look for? I am so lucky to have two of my colleagues, but a mentor and a legend, um, Dr. Bono. I still call him Dr. Bono. I can't, I can't do it. I can't <laughs> I go to the I, I tried Bob to get the Bono. first name with you, Roxana. <laughs> <laughs> Editor-in-chief of JAMA Cardiology, I think one of the most successful journals right off the gate with an impact factor over 10. Bravo, unbelievable. Congratulations. Thank you. And then, of course, Sunil Rao, the brand new editor-in-chief of Circulation Interventions. Uh, welcome, welcome to the both of you. Thank you so much for having us. So the big question here today is, uh, what do journals look for? And uh, so let me start uh, with you, Dr. Bono. Um, you have this, everyone's telling me like, it's impossible, forget it, forget JAMA. It's impossible. Interventionalists, they have no no chance of getting into JAMA cardiology. Is that right? Oh, I, I think it's not right. In fact, we, we're trying to have a, a pretty much open policy for good interventional papers. I think it's true that JAMA is, is, is kind of a tough hurdle because JAMA is a, a, a journal for everybody, not just cardiologists. And so they can only take a certain proportion of what they get, and that's exactly why they created JAMA Cardiology, to try to hold on to some of the uh, better papers, kind of the way circulation handles uh, circulation uh, intervention. And so uh, we're very interested in getting good interventional papers. Uh, however, as you point out, we've been successful, therefore our acceptance rate now begins to look like Jack and circulation. We have a, an overall acceptance rate in single digits. Yeah. You know, so it's become quite competitive. Uh, so but, what are you looking for? Um, well, I'm interested to see what Sunil uh, has to say about that topic. What we're looking for primarily is novelty. Hmm. Okay, what's new? What's different? Uh, what? what uh, it doesn't have to be a randomized clinical trial because we realize those are going to go to the really high-end journals uh, mostly, but we also are seeing randomized clinical trials coming to us as well. Those are kind of top priority items if it's well-designed and well-controlled well and well-presented. But, but novelty is the key, so we're looking for good secondary analyses of clinical trials, good observational studies if they're done with good statistics. Um, the, the key is what's the new message? Um, and and how, how are you stating the message? You don't want to state it over, over uh, discussing what the implications are of your data. So you have to don't slice the data too much. Don't focus slice the two the data. Thing. Focus on what you really got there, and, and don't new? and don't overstate the conclusions. And, and and we see a lot of times where there's a lot of causality built into the uh, discussion, when really what what we're seeing is a good association, which is important. But we shouldn't then take the next step until we have good data showing that it's actually causal. Uh, the other thing we're looking for are good statistical analyses. Uh, the data are, are analyzed well, uh, a high level of statistical rigor, and then we bring in statistical reviewers who actually can sometimes make the paper better. We, yeah. do, get, we do get comments, not only uh, it's hard to get in, but we also get comments that our authors are pleased with the review process in that it's educational and we're yeah. actually many times making their papers better. No, no, it's, it's, it's really true. I've, I've just been very lucky to join the uh, 
the editorial uh, group. Yes. Uh, I'm very humbled because they're all really smart. Yeah. I'm just going to say. That's yeah. why I'm really quiet on the phone calls. But I'll start talking. Uh, so no, we need you to talk. Just, and, and, I'm, and, just, and, and, I'm yeah. just giving you a heads up. <laughs> no, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sunil, yeah. uh, congratulations on this uh, amazing, amazing position. So well deserved. Filling the shoes of David Faxon right. is not that easy. But CERC intervention is a, a, you know, circulation. I used to send all my papers to yeah. CERC. Then when CERC intervention came, I started sending, but I started getting rejected there too. Not only just at CERC, but also in CERC intervention. So tell me, yeah. what are you hoping to do? You're a brand new editor there. Right. I'm so excited. I have a friend there. <laughs> <laughs> are you, am I going to yeah. get my papers in there? Tell so, me about it. I mean, my experience is obviously quite a bit different than Dr. Bono's. I mean, I'm taking over for someone who did a tremendous job with the journal for 10 years, really with a skeleton crew of people. And the number of submissions really had skyrocketed. So they're doing a lot of work. Also, my experience is a little bit different because it's a subspecialty journal. We're really focused on interventional cardiology writ large, so that involves a lot of different dimensions. It's not just coronary intervention and peripheral structural the way we think about it, but pediatric interventions, mm -hmm. even some surgical papers. So, um, you know, to answer, I guess, the question that you posed was what are we looking for? I would say, to echo Dr. Bono's comments, we're looking for something that has impact. And what I mean by that, it should impact either what you do clinically, what you're thinking about from a research point of view, or it should impact the conversations that you're having with the clinical community or the research community. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to influence your practice, but if it gets you thinking about a certain problem in a different way, that's the kind of paper that we're looking for. So do you want like authors to actually tell you why they think they're making these three important impacts in their cover letter? Is that so, what you're looking yeah. for on well, your cover letter? Uh, does that even matter? Well, let me say, letter? first of all, we, and I think I, it's probably true for many journals, we like to hear from authors. You know, there's, I think over time what has happened is that there is this perception that there's a wall between the authors and the journal. And to some degree that's true. You have to have a firewall and make sure that the peer review, the integrity of peer review is preserved. However, we do want to hear from authors. If you have a question about whether your paper is appropriate for our journals, contact us. Tell us about what the paper is. We'll even you know, do a pre-review in a confidential way to tell you if this is something that might be interesting for us to even send out for review. Um, similarly, when we've gone through reviews and have had a, a paper that we're really interested in, we will often communicate directly with the authors outside of the peer review process and say, let us go through this peer review with you and tell you exactly what we need to see in this paper and you tell us whether you can do it or not. So this is a conversation that we want to have with people who are submitting their papers and that's really what we're hoping is that we want to make it less intimidating for authors who are doing a lot of good work around the world to get their papers at least reviewed by our journal. No, I think this is, these are really great points and I, I think both of you are bringing bring a huge, uh, your, your assets to these journals. But what, one of the areas that I think is worth mentioning is uh, the difficulty in the review process and finding really good reviewers. Um, I think all of us are inundated with our daily work uh, and uh, the people, it's usually the same people. Sometimes I'll see a paper in three different journals and because I review for several journals, I get the same paper over and over. There is the reviewer's fatigue. How do you guys deal with that? As I yeah. feel bad for you guys because you have to do a lot of the hard work. Well, we, we also are concerned with that same term of reviewer fatigue. Um, we don't want to abuse our reviewers because we know they're also reviewing for other journals. Um, 
and, and getting new names is really important. So we take that from our author list as well. If we've seen a new author we haven't heard from before, and it's a good paper, we many times will send something back to them shortly for, for review. Uh, we tend to triage a lot of our manuscripts so that we're not sending uh, all the manuscripts out for peer review. In fact, we probably triage 70%. We make a decision, uh, we try to make it quickly so that the, uh, it's, it's actually kinder for the author to get a, a rapid response, even if it's a rejection, without waiting months for a, a peer review. Uh, it is tricky because uh, we need to identify reviewers who are available, and our reviewers are very busy. And sometimes we try over and over again to find the, the right mat fix and right match for a given paper with the right reviewer. And, uh, we're all aware of the fact that peer review is not perfect. Uh, we do accept appeals. Um, uh, yeah. In fact, we have a paper right now which had uh, uh, interesting concepts uh, got rejected and the authors came back with the reasons why they thought what they, what they had actually could be uh, revised and responded to. So we are sending it back for more review. So we do, we, we do that, and as Sunil said, I think the communications are important. We communicate also with our reviewers. Many times we'll tell them why we want them to review this particular paper. Mm -hmm. uh, it might be right, right up their alley, even though they're really busy. Mm -hmm. So we, we do the same kind of communication with, right. with authors, but also with reviewers. Yeah, I mean, I think it would be good to actually have sessions in a meeting like this to teach people how to review an article in a yeah. much better way and teach some of these younger uh, next generation, right. and, and I hope that you have a lot of reviewers who are women and, so, and, uh, you know, I was and that say whole that, diversity Rox. piece. Uh, this is not unlike, I think, what we, the challenges we run into in planning TCT or SCAI. You tend to go back to the people that you know, that, yes. and you know them because yeah. they're doing a good job, and what happens is it's like lecturer fatigue, right? I mean, if you're going to have the same person do this, you know, four, five, six different talks, it can be very challenging. So, what I would say is a couple of things. One is that we've started a new program at Circuit Interventions called the Assistant Editor for people who are within five years of training to actually come on and actually have a position with our editorial board where we're going to mentor them on how to do a good review. Because no one really trains you on how Great to do a good idea. review. The second thing is, and I'll say that to anyone who's listening out there, if you're interested in reviewing for our journal, for JAMA Cardiology, talk to us about it. We, we want to make sure that we have a broad representation of people reviewing papers. And the reason for that is that oftentimes, the reviewers are the ones that we will ask to write editorials for papers that get accepted. And we want to have broad representation in that aspect. Well, I mean, I totally agree. As an associate editor, that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm constantly, I'm finding myself adding a lot of great, great people into right. the listserv of JAMA Cardiology. I've just recently joined. And I think it's really, really important. So how do you guys keep up with all this work and look so good? Seriously. <laughs> uh, well, we're both sleep deprived, but I, I think you probably are also <laughs> as a busy clinician, academic cardiologist and mother. So yeah, <laughs> balancing all of this is hard. Uh, Sunil and I were talking uh, offline. It, it is a fire hose. It's constant. Constant. And, and keeping on top of it is difficult, but it, it's kind of, uh, you know, a, a new challenge. Do you think you're smarter and, now that you're like seeing all these papers? Oh, absolutely we're smarter. I mean, the, the educational aspect of this as an editor is incredible because we're seeing all of this new stuff. Even if it's a paper we're not going to accept, we, we've, we've learned from that paper. Um, and in our uh, editorial uh, discussions once a week, as we're bouncing ideas off of each other, mm -hmm. we have talented people as you do and we learn a lot I from think, each other. I think one of the big assets about being a journal editor is that you have to cut out all your industry uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, ties because of the obvious right. issues with the conflict of interest. Absolutely. We just saw the yes. New York Times article, yes. very difficult, and we're not going to talk about that because we're already out of time. But, but I do think that like that just brings you some more time. Yeah. Even though, 
I love working with our industry colleagues. I think there's that kind of a back and forth is very, very yeah. positive, but it is very important, the conflict of interest issue. Uh, are you dealing with that? You, there is a full, I mean, as, as editors, I understand how you're dealing with it. Just a couple of words about the recent article in the New York Times about people retracting. Are you like checking on the, on the web it, about the- Well, we try, it's impossible. Uh, transparency really is key. Uh, we're okay. And the honor system, right? Yeah, yeah, the well, it's, it's, it's not perfect. We're, we're okay with uh, industry authors. Uh, we're okay with people who have relationship with industry for original science, as long as it's upfront. Not for our editorials, but uh, I think probably- And transparency and disclosure. Right, the same so way. I think I'll say a few things about that. One is that um, it's absolutely about the honor system, but one of the ways you asked how we keep up with it, it's really because we both have great teams. And yeah. those teams of associate editors and the editorial board, it's amazing how diligent they are about doing literature searches you know, as they're looking at papers and understanding whether this is a duplicate publication and so forth. So I really rely on them. And um, I will say I feel smarter about how dumb I really am when I look <laughs> at some of these papers because some of the papers that you get are just so incredible that you're just, you know, the ideas that they have and the way they do the analysis is just so creative. You know, um, I just want to thank you guys for coming here. It's been a wonderful conversation. I think uh, there are obviously Steve Bailey for CCI, um, Jack Intervention with yeah. Dave Moliterno, the incredible The Structural Heart Journal with uh, Dr. Demaria. I yeah. want to make sure where this was just, you guys just happened to be available. Thank you so much. Uh, I love having you guys on, on the radio show. Thanks so it much. It is a show, actually. <laughs> Thank you, Roxanne. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you.